Welcome everybody to Beyond the Box Set, a podcast where we pitch prequels, sequels and spin-offs to one-off movies that don't have any. And this week we're actually doing 51st Dates. I'm Harry and joining me as always is John. Hello Harry. And this was your choice. You have to take responsibility for this one. So Hey, I'm proud of this film. Uh, well, fair enough. I'm open to taking all different kinds of films. So tell me why you chose for us to do 51st Dates. I thought it'd be fun. I've got fond memories of it in the past. And... Did those fond memories bear out on second viewing? Some. I, I I did still really enjoy it. I have also since realised how terrible a movie it is. Uh, you say that as if somebody has told you rather than you've arrived at this conclusion on your own. Well, I mean, your initial reaction kind of told me, just like, oh, is it not as good as I remember? Oh, well, you shouldn't let my opinion guide you. You did this with, with Manchester by the Sea, where you decided you didn't like Casey Affleck, and then I kind of wore you down. I feel like you should stick to your own opinions. I mean, if I, I mean, legitimately I mean, it's, change no, your it's, mind... It's, it's not like... Yeah, like, I... I genuinely think it's not as good a film as i remember it is now okay i don't just think oh well gold john didn't do it so i guess yeah yeah still you know I, we, um, we, we we can disagree on things that's fine i don't well, there's no right or wrong answers when it comes to yeah thought. but then other people's opinions will change my opinion that's yeah no that's of course yeah. and that's good that's how people grow so yeah but i, I still really enjoyed watching it but okay. again i would i'm less likely to recommend it to anybody okay fair enough this film made me sad on multiple levels yeah I've, I've been really looking forward to hearing what you've got to say about okay, this <laughs> yeah. well first of all the first thing that made me sad is that actually i really like the wedding singer mm. have you seen that film no that was the first drew barrymore adam sandler film okay and i would say it is maybe the only adam sandler film that i really enjoyed and it, i've not watched it in about 10 years and this may, it may be a nostalgia thing and i'm almost afraid to watch it back now having watched this yeah but kind of having found this film so upsetting in on so many ways because that I, that film just had a real charm to it. And I think they do work as a screen couple. Yeah, I really yeah. do think they bounce off each other very, very well. And on that film, it just, had, it just yeah, it was charming and it was funny. I remember lots of scenes. This film, I would describe as charmless. There's so much <laughs> about this film that is not charming at all. What, what were the jokes in this film? I think I counted three jokes maximum. The rest were just there were, there were some, things that there were, were inherently... The, the receptionist at, at, at the mental home that she went to, who just seemed to be quite stupid okay yeah, yeah there, so was, there, there, was there was a lot of stupidity funny moments there, being like presented where, as... where adam sandler was trying to get in and the receptionist goes so what's your name and adam sandler just goes um and then the receptionist just goes oh you you forgot you've forgotten oh you got a bad memory i'll just go right in you should go right in okay okay i'll give you that i, I wasn't exactly slapping my thigh at that moment but... no i mean none of them were i feel the like funniest thing i've no. ever seen i feel like any film that relies this heavily on animal reaction shots to underline where the jokes are <laughs> yeah <laughs> has some issues with script with, i know. did think yeah yeah i kind of felt like watching this film felt like if films could have laugh tracks, this film would have a laugh track, like a Big Bang Theory, this is where you laugh, laugh yeah. track. Also, how many times did Adam Sandler say his own name? I still couldn't tell you what it was, though. Oh, it was Henry something. Henry, yeah, okay. But Well, this film failed from the beginning with me because it did two things. First of all, it posited that Adam Sandler is a vet, is a veterinarian, that he's been to medical school or some kind of medical school. Yeah. Which I, just did, I immediately did not buy. Same. And secondly, it introduces him as this horrible, lying, womanizing monster, and we're supposed to be charmed by this. Yeah. It ended kind of weird, though. When I asked for his phone number, he told me he's married. Gay. Entering the priesthood. He doesn't believe in phones. He just kind of ran away. You know, it's just a little fling, but I will never forget my week. With Henry Roth. Henry Roth. Harry. Harry Paratesticles. Like, what's charming about that? The fact that he just lied to all these poor women and just, like, strung them along. And then it's like, oh, this is your hero, folks. Like, mm. I'm all for, like, an anti-hero, but there was mm-hmm. no point where I liked him in this film. No. I kind of felt like this film was Groundhog Day, but with a sex offender in the lead role. Yeah. And I, even when, like, he started to sort of fall in love with her mm-hmm. and was very infatuated, uh, it took me a long time before I really felt like he wasn't just looking for another one-night stand and just that's what he set his heart on for a one-night stand, and that was going to be it. True, yeah. In many ways, I felt like his choice of being in love with her, he spends this entire film manipulating her horribly. <laughs> in fact, everybody does. All the men in this film manipulate the women in this film, but him particularly. Mm. Just, it's all from his perspective, mm-hmm. and it's all about making her condition fit in with his, what he wants, which is her. He wants yeah. to own her. Yeah. He, wants, well, he yeah. wants to be with her, whatever. It's, none of it comes from her, and I, I just felt so sorry for her, because I genuinely think Drew Barrymore is... As good as she could be in this film. I think she was acting the hell out of this film. Yeah. I really did. I mean, I really liked Drew Barrymore. And this is another reason this film's set because I felt like she deserves to be in better films than this. But she really tried. 
because she just has something. I don't know if you agree with me on this, but I feel like Drew Barrymore. She's not like a Meryl Streep, not especially rangy kind of actress, but she's somebody who just emanates kind of warmth and sunshine and likability. And mm-hmm. she's like also a really talented physical comedian. All the things I did laugh at in this film, personally, came from things she did or said. Yeah. So things, the jokes I did enjoy. I, I thought the Sixth Sense joke was really funny, where she made, he makes yeah. the most of Sixth Sense. And fair enough, that was, that was actually a well-written... Yeah, that, that was, was an actual joke that yeah. was thought through and had a punchline. And those were the funny bits when it, uh, they had to like put the football game on that was just the same yeah. every time. And like, oh yeah, go Rangers. Mm-hmm, yeah. And then that guy plays in the bet and stuff. Yeah, so that, okay, that was a minor comedy. But And then I did... I will admit I did laugh pretty hard when she was beating up Rob Schneider's character. Yeah, that was. Funny. I thought she was very good in that scene. <laughs> yeah, like, the screaming. Yeah, and she really sold the emotional parts of it as well in a way that was more than they deserved. In a way, mm-hmm. I felt like she and also um, Amy Hill, who played the cafe owner, who's her surrogate mother. Oh yeah, they both gave way more dignity to their performances than this film warranted. And mm-hmm. I felt like I felt so. I felt sorry for every woman in this film and every actress who was reduced to being in this film. Mm-hmm. It, it just spent the entire film just shitting on women in a way that I. Yeah. Really, and not just women. On pretty much anyone who's not a straight white man, because you've got Rob Schneider in basically in blackface. Well, in Jamaica, I don't know Hawaiian face. I don't even know what you'd call that something. Yeah, it was r- unbelievably racist. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I can't yeah. believe people got away with that ten years recently, as ten years ago, twelve mm-hmm. years ago. And then you had that poor woman, his, his poor assistant Alexa. Um. Oh yeah. Who was you know who is he calls her a man? He yeah. makes a walrus vomit on her. Yeah. <laughs> And then later he has the gall to go up to her and like offload his shitty little romantic problems on her. Yeah. And I'll be like, fuck you. you I know. He was awful. Yeah, there was a lot of transphobia in this So film. is this an explicit episode then? Oh, sorry, I saw it. Yeah, and uh, also on the beach, there was somebody who just had a sex change yeah, and, that, that, and that was the joke. That's what I mean. That's not, that wasn't a joke. Like, when you <laughs> Again, these were all things that I just, obviously when I watched this 10 years ago or whenever, no. I didn't pick up on because yeah. I was only 13. No, that's fine. But, that's, that's perfectly but fine. But now I've watched this and it's just very much been, okay, yeah, this is... This is not such a good film. Yeah. But again, any kind of jokes around that are going to be questionable in terms of taste. But I think you can mm. make a joke about anything. I'm someone who believes that anything can be a joke if it works. Mm-hmm. You can make fun of anyone if you if the joke is clever and insightful and funny. And it. But yeah, there was no joke there. It was like, I, I'm so glad you got your sex change cut to a man. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. What, that, there was literally no joke. <laughs> and I felt like that was Sean Astin's character as well. Like, what was the joke there? Mm. It was... Oh, he has a lisp and he abuses steroids and he has wet dreams. Mm. But they didn't do it. Like, if they'd really ramped that into this real gross out thing where you saw him, you know, cleaning his sheets or he, mm-hmm. maybe he was shooting up all of it. Just, like, they didn't go anywhere. It was like, well, this is Sean Astin's character. He's beefy. He, he abuses steroids and he has wet dreams. And it was like, that was it. They didn't take the joke anywhere. Mm. <clears throat> and what made, actually, this made me really sad because I was watching this film and I was watching Sean Astin this film thinking, God, this sucks. What a useless non-role. <laughs> and then I just thought, God, is this Sean Astin's most meaningful role since Lord of the Rings? I don't think I've seen him in anything else at all since then. Like before or since. Between Lord of the Rings and this and then since. What has he done? Can't think of a thing. Poor, that poor man. Yeah. That poor man. Seriously. Good. How's my temporal lobe looking there, Doc? Mm, don't worry. You're not going to suffer any short-term memory loss. But was your head shaped like an egg before she hit you? Hey, don't make fun of Henry, all right? It's not his fault his head is shaped like that. Note the intense overreaction. That's the roids talking. Doug, once again, off the juice. It's not juice. It's a protein thick. Yeah, okay, so another thing, though, was where did he live? What was his, what was his domicile? Did he live at the aquarium? Yeah, because there's a scene couch? where he's having sex with her, or he's preparing to have sex with her, and suddenly he draws the curtains and the walrus swims up. So is, yeah. he, is he living beneath the marina? Uh, yeah, yeah, he is. Okay, so all of this just feeds into my theory that this man is a serial killer. Okay, because that, that's not where that's not where people live. I feel like he's just got this little man cave somewhere that nobody knows he lives there, and he's not paying any rent. Maybe he lives on a boat. He could live on the boat, yeah, but it, it looked like a big room for a boat. I don't know. His boat didn't seem like it would. Oh no, I mean uh, that that wasn't on the boat, but like he lives on the boat most of the time. It's, but just he sleeps there. It sometimes. felt like it ended with him living on a boat. Yeah, yeah, which was it's, only going to add to him on a boat as well. Yeah, which is only going to add to her trauma every morning when she wakes up and can't, suddenly she can't even leave. No, the and dad's she's there, trapped. Though. Yeah, true. They did take the dad along. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. tell me some more things, some things you liked about the film, because I feel like I'm just ranting now. Um, what things you didn't like? Yeah, there's not much. There's not much that I particularly liked about the film that stood out massively. Just okay. on the whole, I had a happy memory of it. Thought I'd uh, watch it again. Fair and, enough. Yeah, it's not like ruined it for me, and I clearly don't feel as strongly as you. But 
Oh, I can't really see myself watching this again, really. No. Oh, okay. Just one more thing I did forget to mention is that the scene where the kind of meet cutes where he first runs into her in the restaurant mm-hmm. yeah. and she is building a tower out of waffles. Yeah. That was revolting. I what like was revolting. The way she was playing with the food and they were so greasy and she was sticking her fingers right in there. <laughs> I, I like almost wretched. I, maybe this is just me and I don't like people who play with food. It's something that bugs me. But yeah. And considering I do find Drew Barrymore utterly charming, mm-hmm. I was physically repulsed by that scene. Like really, really repulsed by it. It was just gross. That that didn't happen to you? No, no not massively. Didn't really yeah. find it gross. Okay. Um, that yeah, that was an issue for me. But I, that was well, something that I do myself, though. No, well, thank you. Good. Yeah. Uh, that makes me feel better. Yeah. But uh, oh, yeah, and that was the other thing. She is in remarkably good shape for a woman who has spent a year eating like it's Sunday. Yeah. No. <laughs> Every Sunday that. she eats like gr- oh, gr- the greasiest waffles in the world and birthday cake. It seems because it's her dad's yeah. birthday, and she there's not an ounce of fat in her. She has beautiful skin. She's yeah. running. She's an amazing. Sh- I know these are small points in a much larger thing, but that did strike me. I was like, wow, you have been living like it's Sunday for over a year and you look fantastic. Mm. Anyway. So yeah, this this film, I will say this film gave me a lot of feelings. Yeah. I will also say, I'm going to put it out there. I think this film worse than Super Mario Bros. 3. Super Mario Brothers. 3. Sorry, Super Mario Brothers, the movie, not free. I don't know. Why did I think free? Yeah. Because <laughs> oh, the game was free that I was playing, I think. Ah, right. Okay. Sorry, yeah. Sorry. Worse but, than Super Mario Brothers. Worse than the game as well? No, the game was amazing. Oh, great. Cool. It goes the game, the film, 51st Dates for me. Sure. Maybe, yeah. I've got more enjoyment out of Mario, I think. Yeah. I feel like that failed in an interesting way. Yeah. And it was benign. You know, it wasn't offensive. It was just, apart from the colour coding issue, it wasn't offensive. Whereas this film, like, didn't make me laugh particularly, and it really made me feel uncomfortable in many places. Yeah. So, yeah, this is the worst one we've watched so far, so well done. <laughs> <laughs> wow. What's the but best? The best. Ooh, well, obviously, it was something I chose. Um, Titanic or Gladiator? I guess we, we, we peaked high and then we really hit a trough, because we did Titanic, Gladiator, Super Mario Brothers. Uh, oh, Inception was good. And then oh, yeah, Fifth Inception. Element's pretty good, too. Yeah. But for me, I would say personal Titanic. Maybe Gladiator's better made, but I would say Titanic is the best we've done so far. Uh, yeah, I think I might be the same. Yeah. Titanic, or, may- or maybe Inception. I don't know. I still, I've never really got through Inception without sort of just losing it at one point and then yeah. not paying attention near the end. Yeah, Titanic is pure pleasure, and Gladiator yeah. is pure pleasure with some boring bits. And Inception is it's difficulty. It's it's easier to love to admire than it is to love. I would say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Titanic's always a good always a good time. Yeah, as I say, I've watched it upwards of thirty times, and I watch <laughs> it upwards of thirty times again in the rest in in my lifetime. I yeah. guarantee it. Up to 30, that's like once a year that yeah. you've been alive. That's conservative, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Conservative. Honestly, if it's ever on, I will, I have to watch it. And there is men, many a time I'll just be in the mood. What if it's on ITV, for example, and then it's on ITV plus one? Oh, well, I'll, I'll we, plus we, one it, so we, I'll we, we, still think. So will you, well, like, will you finish it and then watch the last hour again? Oh, no. Oh, no, I'm not a crazy person. <laughs> but if, if I tune into ITV and the boat is sinking, I'll be straight to ITV one to get to Kate Winslet and yep. Leo's romance, yep. so... Fair enough. Okay. Just get, to, get to some sequels. Yes. Okay, so... The meat of the podcast. Yes. Shall I go first then? Yes, please. That is the, yeah. like, as is the tradition. Uh-huh. Okay, so as I say, I found this film upsetting in many ways. And I wanted to co- correct a lot of the problems I had with this film. Okay. The main thing being that it was all about him and it was all from his perspective and about making, as I say, making her condition fit in with the, his lifestyle and his desires. So yeah. my sequel is basically, it is a direct sequel, same cast, okay. same in the present day, uh, but it's from her perspective. It's what, like 10 years later or something? I think this film came out in 2004, so like 13. Sure. Yeah, so about yeah, 12 to 13 years later, basically. And so this sequel is very much inspired by a, TV, a really good TV show I'm watching at the moment, which you recommended to me, which is Legion. Oh, yeah. In which a character is living in this kind of horrible waking nightmare because he's told he has um, schizophrenia. The basic premise of Legion is, without spoiling anything, is that you never he's never he's never quite sure you're never quite sure whether or not he is mentally ill or whether he has these special powers mm-hmm. and he's never even sure what's reality it keeps jumping around into different all these different circumstances where people forget where they've been mm-hmm. and what where who they are and they're never quite sure what's reality and what's fake and it's all very disorienting and nightmarish and horrible yeah and while watching this film having watched five episodes of legion i saw I was, a lot of similarities yeah too. <laughs> i was like this is so her life yeah this but poor woman don't worry i've not gone that direction you haven't gone in that direction okay cool because i did think maybe we would yeah mm. again have some crossover there so so my version basically we open in the present day 2017 mm-hmm. so lucy drew barrymore's character she wakes up uh now she's in her early 40s she wakes up in an unfamiliar room alone and again she sees the vhs tape because this is something that immediately struck me. 
Yeah. That nowadays, even in 2004, VHS, I'm pretty sure, I feel like VHS was very much on the way out. I was working at HMV at the time and it was, okay, sure. I'm pretty sure we were, yeah, we <laughs> were the not. expert then? Yes. I mean, we still had them, but they were, DVD was the dominant feature. Yeah. So the fact that he did the thing on video, I guess, doesn't future-proof his plan very well. <laughs> because she's not going to know what DVD player is. Okay. VHSs have a short shelf life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So she wakes up, she finds the VHS tape puts it in as is you know yeah as she's instructed to do and watches this horrible grainy poorly shot update of the video that we see him watching the video film yes because if you rewatch the same vhs every you, you're younger than me you won't remember this but if you would watch the same vhs you're every day that. for like a year for like you know or for 20 years 15 years in this case it's going to be really low quality and low yes quality. and vhs is going to be hard to come by and i feel like this character adam sandler's character is such a dick He's only going to bother updating it like every five years or something. So she's going to wake up, no idea who she is, and watch this horrible, grainy, cussy thing that's telling her that she's had an accident mm-hmm. years ago. She now has children. She's married. It's going to be terrifying. <laughs> so she is going to be freaked the fuck out. Yeah. Okay, so she watches this thing, and then she's bewildered. She's disoriented. She wanders out of the bedroom to be confronted with Adam Sandler, who is completely unfamiliar to her, apart from having just seen, you know, footage of him in this video. Yeah. And two adolescent daughters that she's just discovered that she has. Now, he's been living with this situation for, as I say, 12 to 15 years, what the time frame between this and the original film is. So, you know, he's bored. <laughs> he's not got the energy now to every morning to reassure. Mm-hmm. And so, again, this is going to be similar to Legion and other kind of nightmare kind of shows. Is that, so she's, he's going to... He's going to go through the motions of explaining things to her, but he doesn't really care. He's, he's totally checked out, which makes it even more horrible for her. Mm-hmm. So it's a really freaky situation that she's in. So this detached tone that he has just adds to this like surrealist, nightmarish kind of... Because I want yeah. this to feel surreal. I, I want it to be sh- not just inspired by Legion. I want it to be shot in a way... Whereas the original was shot in a very flat rom-com way. I want this to be shot yeah. in this very kind of like... Okay. What is real kind of way. Like, you know, the, the so way this she would is feel. not even slightly a comedy. It's much more of a thriller. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of chuckles in this one. Okay. Um, we'll see. But yeah, so that happens. And so she obviously becomes increasingly upset. And then she catches sight of herself in the mirror. Mm-hmm. And she's aged, you know, she's in her 40s now. And so then she really gets upset. And she, so she freaks out. She's screaming. She tries to run out of the house. And he runs up and he grabs her and he sedates her with animal tranquilizer. Because mm-hmm. I feel like that's what he's doing now. Because he's mm-hmm. a douche. So he is just, you know, it's a bad day. She's reacted badly. So he just sedates her yeah she wakes up again hours later and she's strapped to the bed and he's sat at the end of the bed and he explains to her that she actually has to calm down she has to behave herself if she wants to be released otherwise she has to be strapped to the bed all day and that's how she's living her life now so then she's like well you know where's my father he's dead and i've also decided that sean astin is dead oh and i'm sorry but my reason for this is because who cares okay because again that character I, I, I thought for a few minutes like how can i work him into this and i just thought you know what just, just kill him i don't care i can't be bothered to bring this character into this film he was such a non-character mm-hmm. again not sean astin's fault particularly yeah, yeah. Yeah, i don't think anyone could have done anything from that role no. but so yeah the dad's died of you know natural causes old age mm-hmm. cancer whatever the brothers took too many steroids maybe the steroids were a gateway drug to heroin i don't know i don't care <laughs> the point is he's dead he's not in this story wow she's alone in the world apart from this Horrible husband and two children she does not know. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I feel like there's going to be now a montage of day after day, similar things happening, you know, mm-hmm. some variations, but essentially every day is a horrible nightmare of her, you know, rediscovering this situation. Yeah. I think this montage should be set to, wouldn't it be nice from the original film, but a cover version by someone like PJ Harvey or, you know, a really horrible, creepy version of it. I, I don't think it needs that. I think you could just do the Beach Boys one and just have it on repeat and that's creepy enough. Actually, you may be right. The... That, that song really sort of got to me by the end of just like, mm. this is this song's been played like three or four times in this yeah, film. they really did overuse it's, it. Get, it's, get, it's not just getting annoying, it's getting, it's getting it feels odd. Yeah. Just actually, to hear it again. I actually, think... you're right. I think the, the contrast between the jollity of that, I think Beach Boys songs are quite creepy because they're heard, so jolly. I've heard a few, a few times when uh, jolly music gets used in a creepy way. I think you'll have seen it in, uh, there was a Walking Dead episode this season with Daryl. Oh, yeah. Where there's just this really jolly song that's just played on repeat as a form of torture, mm-hmm. which was awful. Yeah. There was also, uh, did you watch that Black Mirror episode, White Christmas? Of course, yeah. Remember how it finished? Oh, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Okay. No, yeah. you're right. I, I, I'm taking that back then. We're going to have the original. I think that's like enough of a callback and you're right. That is inherently creepy in itself. Okay. So that, that happens. That, that sets our scene. Also, the lyrics of it are very... They are, yeah. Beach Boys song. Well, the thing with Beach Boys songs is they are really creepy and depressing. But it's like ABBA music. It's yeah. happy. It's happy, up tempo music with often quite sad, depressing lyrics, and sometimes quite disturbing lyrics, which mm. is something I really like in pop music. But it was in in this case, it's pretty creepy. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So that's our scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then one day she wakes up as usual and she finds something's different. She finds a note on top of the dresser and the note tells her, remain calm, don't arouse suspicion and be at the pier in three hours. Mm-hmm. And she knows where the pier is because that's from before she had the accident. Okay. She's still in the, we're still in Hawaii. We're still in that same town. Anything that has not changed in the intervening time, she still remembers. You know? Yeah. So that's logic. Okay. So then she watches the video. You know, obviously it's still upsetting, but she mindful of the note. She manages to hold it together. And so she goes into the living room, kind of speaks to Adam Sandler, doesn't freak out this time. Mm-hmm. So he concludes, it's a good day. I don't need to tranquilize you today. Mm-hmm. Today, you're okay. So, because he, he really can't be bothered. Yeah. It's just neglect more than anything. And I think he's also clearly having an affair at this point. He's not been faithful to her. So any excuse to just, you know, go out and do his thing. Oh, where are they, by the way? They oh, have... they're still living in Hawaii. They're not on the boat. Okay. They're just living in that same town. Sure, sure. Was it a town? It felt, I don't know, generic place. Maybe an island. Uh, yeah. Well, there's a, there's a whole theory these days that Adam Sandler now only makes movies as an excuse to go on holiday. Because all his films are set in like, they have really thin plots and always set in like sunny beach resorts with all his friends. Really? He always casts like his, 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 the same group of people who are his friends. Mm-hmm, yeah. And they're always, and a bunch of beautiful women who are 20 years younger than him. And I feel like this is the first Adam Sandler film possibly that he just made for a holiday. It was like, I want to go to Hawaii. Let's write another film with Drew Barrymore. Mm-hmm. And go, so yeah, they're still in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And it also it's more convenient for the plot because it means there are things that she knows, which is kind of important for where this is going. Okay, so because he's distracted and he's not really worried about it, she does manage to slip out and go to the pier where she meets Alexa, mm-hmm. his, his older sister, Adam Sanders. Oh, yeah, yeah. Gender, well, not gender, just she was a woman, but because she looked a certain way, she was treated like dog shit, mm-hmm. but her basically. So Alexa explains that she's been hired by Sue, which is the Amy Hill character, the cafe mm-hmm. owner who was the surrogate mother mm-hmm. who knew her from before. She's been hired by Sue to rescue her from captivity under Adam Sandler. Mm-hmm. Um, Why does Sue think that she's in captivity? Let me explain. Sorry. Because <laughs> since losing his vet- veterinarian's license due to gross negligence, because uh-huh. he was clearly not good at his job, he made a, a, a walrus vomit on his assistant for chuckles. That man deserves to have his medical license revoked. The, war, the war's high-fived him afterwards. True. He put a penguin in moving traffic. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> he did not. <laughs> yeah. Need I go on? <laughs> So he's had his veterinarian's license revoked. <laughs> so since her Lucy's father has died and brother has died, mm-hmm. he's basically been living on her inheritance. The father, right. Let's say the father right. had money. So yeah. basically he's been living on her... You do not like Adam Sandler, do you? No, no, no. <laughs> no. Not after this. Um, he won't, and he won't pay for her to go to the clinic. You know, not really that clinic she was in for a while. She was teaching yeah. arts. And she seemed happy and fulfilled. Yeah, yeah. I felt like if she's in this incurable situation, the non-selfish thing to do would be to let her just be there and be happy. She felt like... That felt like her happy ending. But no, he was selfish and poured onto the boat. Yeah. Impregnated her against her will twice. Can you imagine how horrifying that must have been? To wake up nine months pregnant? To wake, go into, wake up one day and go into labour? I spent a lot of time thinking about that. It really upset me. I mean, she was actually in love with him. Yeah, but I mean, I know, I, know, I know that you didn't feel it in the film, but that was. I know that, that was, was the what premise. The, that was the script. I get it, and I get that this people do like this film. This film is considered a bit of a classic in rom com circles. Yeah. This is well liked. This so, for me falls into the love- like in, in the actual film. Your sequel doesn't necessarily happen. No, no, no. Yeah, this is my take. If people think like I think, you know, if yeah. people have my level of cynicism, this film for me falls into the love actually category. Of people liking it because there's this essential premise which is quite romantic, uh-huh. and people just choose to ignore all the horrible, abusive stuff that lies underneath the surface of both mm-hmm. films, and all the especially towards the treatments of women in both of these films. Yes. So anyway, this is, but still, this is my, this is my sequel. This is how I'm choosing yeah, to interpret yeah, yeah. So, and even if he was in love with her. At this point, he's not treating her well. Mm. So whatever he's felt for at the time has curdled mm-hmm. into this horrible situation where he is—he won't—he won't pay for it to be in that clinic anymore. So he's just taking, basically, just taking all her money and just, as I say, tranquilizing her, strapping her down. She's lost contact with all her friends. So this is why Sue has become worried and has reached out as mm-hmm. her only real guardian and friend, and the only sen- the only sensible person in the in the original film. I feel who yeah. had some semblance of an inner life. So he, she's hired Alexa to rescue her, basically, from this situation. And of course, Alexa has her own grudge against Sandler because of the years of emotional and physical abuse that she endured while she was working as his assistant. Mm-hmm. So she's more than happy to jump on board with this and get her revenge. Mm-hmm. But then while they're, taught, while they're explaining, uh, Rob Schneider's character appears and he's, he's going to take Lucy back. Basically, he's been sent out by Adam Sandler to bring Lucy back. She's not supposed to wander. Okay. So Alexa very quickly gives her a pen and paper and says... Keep this, write down every, start, a diary, sorry, a small diary and a pen, because a pen, a pen, Adam Sandler has confiscated it. He no longer allows her to keep a diary, okay, yeah. in, as she did in the original film. Yeah. So he says, so Alexa says to Lucy, keep writing this diary, but don't tell anyone, hide it under your pillow, you know, mm-hmm. just, just, and wait, one day I'll, I'll be back in touch and just make sure you're prepared. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, okay, so that happens. 
So then after that, the idea of the film comes. So she starts making notes, you know, saying, don't trust this man, you know, and she, every day she wakes up and she learns more and more. And it becomes kind of a sleeping with the enemy style thriller. She's trying to hide that she knows stuff. So she's trying to act normal, but she doesn't know what normal is because every day she, doesn't, she has to start fresh. Mm-hmm. And he's got this creepy kind of abusive thing where he's, you know, if she acts sets a line, he'll tranquilize her and strap her down. And so that's kind of the meat of the film for me is this kind of, you know, okay. domestic thriller. Yes. Okay. But then also, and the other thing is, the, one of the reasons she stays is the children. Mm-hmm. She can't leave, the, even though she doesn't know the children, they are still her daughters and she can't leave them yeah. with him because he's clearly neglectful and not capable of being a good father. So that's why she has to figure out a way for them all to get away together. So that's what they're trying to figure out what, how to do to get them. But she could never get custody because she's mentally ill. Yes. So they need to figure out a way to get them, the three of them away from him without him taking custody of the daughters. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's the dilemma. Yeah, yeah. So... This goes on for a while with her kind of coming to terms with this situation a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then as she, as she begins to experience kind of empowerment and people, people actually putting faith in her abilities rather than coddling her, she, her memory starts to return. She finally starts to recover. Uh, so now she's starting to slowly remember things from the day and her memory returns. And now suddenly she's, yeah. So is she remembering everything that happened over the past 13 years or is she remembering just stuff from now on? It, it's fragmented but she's remembering the day before last so every day now she remembers what happened the previous day okay and she's piecing it together and coming to terms of it yeah so then this becomes really she can't let adam seller know though because mm. that, that's the only card she has to play mm-hmm. his kind of contempt for her and his kind of lack of he's not completely but got completely in captivity because he doesn't feel like he needs to because mm-hmm. he feels like she's just this useless thing that just you know he has yeah. to just barely tolerates so it becomes this kind of very thrilling also slightly friend that like the episode of friends like they don't know how much we know we know we know yeah <laughs> so the idea is that he does start to suspect but he won't say it yeah and so they both have this suspicious thing going on but they won't and it, that's where the tension really ramps up it's like right. who's gonna break first who's yeah. gonna admit that the situation's changed okay so <clears throat> tension 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 do you really think adam sander can play this character no but I, I, well actually yes and i'll tell you why because i feel like there's a thing on youtube they do a lot now where they'll recut class a family film or a comedy mm. to make it look like a horror movie yeah I feel he could do that so easily with any given Adam Sandler film. But do you think that he could actually put his mind to... No, I don't, I, think, I don't think he could choose to do it, but I think it's the creepiness is within him. Yeah. Because he has two modes of acting, I feel. He has blind rage where he shouts, mm-hmm. and he has this weird detached thing where he's not even acting at all. Mm-hmm. And that was a problem for me in the love story as well, because as, as I say, Drew Barrymore is the kind of actress who is so sunny and charismatic and is really, you know, selling the romance mm-hmm. and he's just like he delivers every line in this flat monotone kind of i can't really be bothered and i know that's his thing that that is his kind of screen persona mm-hmm. but it's not one that i find terribly charming but i don't want him to ham it up i think that sense of detachment with the ability to f- go into a blind rage at any moment mm. is creepy enough in itself yeah i don't think it needs for him to really go you know really methody with it i think just let him do what he normally does yeah and he can yeah that that for me that that's scary enough he scared me in this film so yeah so yeah, that's the situation basically. So as I say, but as he starts to become increasingly suspicious, he starts, he does begin clamping down on her freedoms a lot. And at the same time, she's confiding in her daughters to try and get them on side. Mm-hmm. And she's making progress. You know? And so she tells them basically. Yeah. Eventually she trusts them enough to tell them that she does remember them and she loves them. And eventually she is able to make a plan with Alexa, who she's still meeting secretly whenever she can, mm-hmm. to help them to escape and take refuge at Sue's diner. However, in classic thriller movie twist... But on the eve of their escape, mm. Adam Sandler finds the diaries. Oh. So now he knows everything. Yeah. So the kids have already gone. They've gone to the meeting point with Alexa. Yeah. So they, they were to go ahead first because they have more freedom than she does. So that's fine. But yeah. then he kidnaps her. He kidnaps Lucy. And like drives her forcibly down to the pier, basically, in the middle of the night. Uh, and basically, as it transpires, if she leaves him, he loses the children and the money. Mm. He's not too concerned about the children. Mm-hmm. But the money he can't lose. Yeah. Is, there, is there any glimmer of good left in him? Because like he's gone full on evil, not just like neglectful anymore. I would argue he was full on evil from the start. Really? <laughs> yeah. I really disliked him intensely in this film. He wasn't evil. He was in love. Okay. Well, that that is domestic abuse like rationale one hundred and one right there. Well, yeah. He lo- He really loves me. If he didn't love me, he wouldn't hit me. You know. <laughs> I couldn't make him so mad. No, sorry, bullshit. Because he's found the diary, and now he's concluded that you know the situation's untenable. So he's forged new diary notes making her look suicidal, oh. making her look de- highly depressed. And now he's going to kill her and make it look like suicide. Yeah. And then he can keep claiming the money from the family because he, he will be as the next of kin. Yeah. So basically they're on the pier and he likes, he's got a handcuff already and then he straps like heavy stones around her waist 
unhandcuffed her because that's a bit of a tell, obviously. Mm-hmm. So it looks like she's just strapped stones around herself and then thrown herself into the water, which mm-hmm. is the way people kill themselves. It's how Virginia Woolf killed herself. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so he does that, ties stones around Drew Barrymore, flings her into the pier to her death. So she's sinking under the waves. And just as all hope seems lost, swimming towards her, the dolphin, the penguin, and the walrus. <laughs> <laughs> the, marine, the abused marine animals swim to her rescue. What's the penguin going to do? <laughs> well, he's just, he's just here to help. <laughs> and they nibble through the ropes uh-huh. and they buoy her back up to the surface uh-huh. where she can finally confront him. He's still there because this happens in a few minutes. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, she doesn't drown. So, you know, it's very quick. They've been waiting. So then she's back up and then they have a classic, you know, end of horror movie, fight to the death. But as we know, she can kick his ass because she is hardcore. You know, she's trained. Yeah. So she gets a good few solid kicks to the groin. I think that's very important. Oh, Mul- yeah, yeah. Multiple kicks to the groin. And then she basically ultimately casts him into the water where he is immediately devoured by a pack of vengeful walrus. <laughs> so we just see him being torn apart by all the walruses. And okay. yeah, that is the end of Adam Sandler. Cut to six months later, Lucy has fully recovered. She has not been charged yeah. because you know, it was death by walrus. Could happen to anyone. And she's explained the situation as well, you know, where he was abusing her. You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she's been backed up by her friends. You know. Mm-hmm. So now she's reunited with her children and her surrogate mother, Sue. Yeah. She's teaching feminist theory in a local school. Right. She's very happy. And also helping to run the Hukilau Cafe. And it's a happy ending. And that is the end of my... Oh, I forgot to tell you the title. So the title, oh, that's the end of 50 First Dates to 50 Waking Nightmares. 50 Waking Nightmares. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> wow, that's uh, that's not a topic we've covered before. Well, thrillers. Yeah, yeah. Well, I like to mix it up. Yeah, yeah. Good, good. Any thoughts? Any questions? Um, any plot holes? Yeah. So, is this, <laughs> would this be Adam Sandler's first non-comedy? He tried about ten years ago. This is the only other Adam. There's two Adam Sandler films I would say I actively enjoy. Mm. One being The Wedding Singer. Mm-hmm. The other being a film he made with Paul and Paul Thomas Anderson called Punch Drunk Love. In which he genuinely attempted to act. It's right. a drama with Emily Watson. And he really did try. And he's quite good in it. Mm-hmm. He's not amazing, but he's, it's a decent film. And he's quite good in it. And it takes his persona and pushes it a little bit. And it's a good film. And he could do it. Mm-hmm. But obviously, he has since chosen that he did, chosen not to. <laughs> I feel Adam Sandler... It's not Adam Sandler can't act. I think it's that he chooses not to. I feel like every one of his films is, is a disappointment. You watch it and you think, oh, that's a good concept. And then you might actually watch it. And then, oh, no, it's Adam Sandler. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Because I I do think I'm not inherently averse to the concept of the the original film. As Mm. much as I have a lot of problems with the way it was executed. I think there's a version of this film which is a lovely, you know, medically questionable, but a lovely rom-com. I think the idea of making someone fall in love with you every day. Yeah. Is is beautiful. There is there is a certain beauty there. I think I with, the with Hugh Grant, I think it could have yeah been a bit better. Totally. Yeah. Exactly. If if he's done one of his charming things, then yeah, great. Yeah, absolutely. But Adam Sandler is not the person to sell that to me. Nah. So yeah, I feel like there is a version of this film. But yeah, so to answer your question, yeah, I'm asking Adam Sandler to do something a little bit more serious. Yeah. I'm asking him to redeem himself to, to the acting community, to women, to LGBT people, to everyone who's not a straight white man. Um, so yeah, that that's that what I'm asking. Big ask. Yeah, it is a big ask, but I think he's. Yeah. If you have to break him down and tell him what he what he is. He may do this film under duress. Film. This might be like from the terms of some kind of lawsuit. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. Maybe if you write some fake diary entries into his diary. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I, maybe I can. Yeah, do that to him. Yeah. With wow. pleasure. Strong story. Okay, great. Um, <laughs> well, my you sound really genuinely unsettled. Yeah, it's because every episode we do, I just feel you've you uncovered a darker part of your soul. <laughs> you scare me. You're going to be the death of me one day. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> I've got it recorded now. Yeah. So mine is called 51st Days. Okay. And it is much more, it's not as lighthearted as the film, but it's much more lighthearted than your idea. Okay. It is under the premise that it is, that film is entirely as romantic as it as it says. Okay, you're taking it face value. That's fine. Pretty much, yeah. And I'm not addressing any of the problems in it. I'm not really doing that. It's a spin-off, okay. spin-off TV series. In fact, okay, that's a first. It is first, and so it's set in the time when Lucy goes to that mental home. Okay, where she's there for I forgot if it's a few weeks or months. But... Oh, so this is a mid-call kind of thing. It's between. Mm. It's while the film is happening. So yes. when they break up, and she becomes an artist and kind of an art teacher while being treated in the medical facility. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, so it is. And it, suddenly starts wearing kimonos for no reason. Yeah. Why was she in a kimono? Just, just, just to look the part, just I guess. To, yeah, just to 
manifest serenity. I don't know. Anyway, uh-huh. I mean, other than that, she was only wearing the one set of clothes. Yeah, that was the, the only. Set. Well, I guess that made sense because she obviously. Yeah. That was what was her Sunday best. Yeah. It must have stank. Well, they cleaned it every day. Oh, did, did they yeah, show that? Yeah, okay. they showed it. What if it rained? Or did they have a tumble dryer? I'm getting too nitty gritty. Continue. I, I I don't know. Okay. Hawaii, you can probably just leave them on the floor and it'll dry. Yeah, true. Yes, and so uh, it's a show that starts uh, with her and her dad and her brother coming there. You, you don't see them like at home or anything. You don't see Adam Sandler in this opening bit. Okay. But they come and they drop her off and there's a big emotional goodbye. And that's just sort of like the, the opening few scenes. Mm-hmm. And then we see her. She goes in. This is going to have a lot of similarities to Orange's New Black. It's heavily inspired. Oh, okay. So we're going to have lots of kind of crazy side characters. I say crazy. I don't mean crazy, crazy. But, you know, interesting side characters. Yeah, definitely. And I have a list oh, okay. of these characters. Oh, you're going to do some casting again? We could definitely do some casting. You love a bit of casting. Um, Let's do, do some casting. I, do. I haven't actually thought of casting okay. for any of these. Um, so some of them are in the actual film. Okay. So we have 10 Second Tom. Of course. Yeah. So I might as well get him back because yeah. I've seen... Never, didn't recognise that actor. Oh, wait, wait, wait. So it's a mid-quill. Yeah. Drew Barrymore is like 50... Everyone's 15 years older. Have you thought <sighs> how to deal with this? I, I, I have not. Um, to be fair, she looks good. If you see her today, she does not look that much different. Like, oh, my version was great. predicated on her looking 15 years older, but Drew Barrymore actually could probably pass. And Adam Sandler hasn't changed that dramatically. No. So, fair enough. Fair enough. We'll buy it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll let you have that. I don't think Adam Sandler's big in this. He might not even be in it. Oh, okay. I'm already on board then. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, he doesn't need to be in it at the start. Like, maybe he would need to be there in the final episode. But... Well, I'm already, I'll, I'll say I'm genuinely happy that you, you have also chosen to make this story about her. That yeah. pleases me that a lot. Well, she's the only interesting character. Thank you, yes. Good. <laughs> she's the only person you can expand the plot on. Yeah, 100%. I mean, what, what could you do with Adam Sandler? You could do with him just sleeping with loads of people before this film started. Sure. Or you could throw him into the water and have him devoured by walruses, as Ooh. I did. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, We've got 10 seconds on. Okay. Um, next person, person who thinks he's someone else each episode. Oh, so every day he wakes up. Yeah, because there was somebody in this who somebody said, I don't even know who I am. Mm-hmm. And then somebody said, you're Picasso. And he was like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. See, you know who would be great for that? But yeah. sadly, now deceased, Robin Williams, because he's like the man of a thousand oh, voices. Yeah, he would, wouldn't he? Are there any other actors around today, who, or actresses, could be a man or a woman, who, who are known to be really good mimics and who do lots of... Oh, Meryl Streep. She could do so much can't accent get, work. Can't get Meryl in a TV show. Maybe pitch it right well, with Drew Barrymore and maybe Adam Sandler. Drew Barrymore and um, Meryl Streep have done films, their films together. I'm pretty sure. I forget what it was now, but I'm sure Meryl Streep did just do only Hugh Grant and mm. uh, Simon Albert. So Drew yeah. Barrymore has made some high quality movies. Just because she made this doesn't mean she made high quality. It's the movies. Only film I know her from, so I'm just judging her. Well, this is true because <laughs> we did have a, we did bring up we had a discussion a while ago in which I referenced Drew Barrymore and you said, "Is that a man?" Yeah, which really which upset me on so many <laughs> levels. It really did. <laughs> Well, actually, I enjoyed this study. Um, I looked her up on IMDb, and the first image that came up for her was a man. It was a glitch in the app. Oh, really? But I was just like, oh, it is. <laughs> You've seen her in ET, presumably. That, that was when she was a child. I right? haven't seen that for a long no, she, time. She's the, the little girl in that. That's what made her initially famous. Okay. Uh, but she's done, she's done good stuff. I can't think. Yeah. I'm sure she's done something with Meryl, but I can't think what it is right now. Anyway. Okay, so we cast Meryl Streep. Yeah. If you're happy with that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'll definitely work. Cool. Um, person who always says things in an angry voice, regardless of mood. Okay, um, could we have a- actual Orange is the New Black cast member Leah Delaria, who plays Big um, Big Boo? She's always angry. Is she always angry? Well, she's got an angry vibe. Sort of passive-aggressive rather than angry. Yeah. I think I'm more sort of angry shouty. Oh, you want someone shouts? Okay, who shouts a lot these days? Um, oh, there's loads of actors I don't like to shout. David Schwimmer? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. David Schwimmer? Yeah, yeah. I think he fits really well, actually. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Someone who's stuck in a different decade. Like stuck in the eighties. Okay, Ooh, they constantly me. think it's the eighties. We're known a rider. Perfect. <laughs> well, oh, so perfect. <laughs> she is stuck in the eighties, isn't she? She is. Yeah, we're going to get to that later. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> great, great. Somebody who is actually just faking it to avoid being in prison, allow one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Mm, interesting. Um, I would say the guy from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I've got a complete blank on the names. Um, any uh, of them, really. But, but I know, there's one I'm Glenn Harden? No. Den- uh, Charlie well, Day. Charlie, Charlie Day. Day. I think Charlie Day would be good at that. You could have any of them, really. But I feel like Charlie Day would be good. No, do I don't know. I, I think that Dennis would be... Dennis, Glenn Harden. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I guess he's got that more Machiavellian vibe. Yeah, and he, he looks more like a well-put-together person, whereas Charlie does genuinely look crazy. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. And Charlie, his, Charlie Day always looks the same in every 
role he plays. True. Oh, have you seen the trailers for that awful fist fight film he's in? It looks so It bad. looks awful. <laughs> yeah. I really want to watch it. Yeah, well, yeah, maybe let's do it in a future episode, maybe. Yeah. Oh, God. Because I'm pretty sure it won't get a sequel. No. 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 <laughs> um, somebody with very bad OCD. Ooh. You know, I'm loathe to cast him in anything. Yeah. But Eddie Redmayne. Because I do, I feel like his acting is a form of OCD. Because yeah, it always has that one of... look from like he's looking under a non-existent fringe. Yes, that would work. Yeah. Apart from in Fantastic Beasts where he has too much fringe. Yeah, exactly. But he still does that same look. <laughs> yeah. So I think his acting ticks qualifies as an OCD, which we would very much fit into that kind of role. So, yeah. 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 Good one. Good I'm one. Appreci- appreciating this is a very expensive TV show now. We've, we have to pay for Meryl <laughs> Streep, Eddie Redmayne. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Somebody who thinks it's a TV show. Ooh. Now, there may be some accidental fourth wall breaks in this with this person as well. Oh, okay. Um, like a, Maybe like an actual reality star, like a Kardashian or something. Or, um, uh, yeah. or maybe like Lisa Kudrow. I know we we're stacking the deck with friends. People, but she was in The Comeback, which is kind of a really funny show about that kind of thing. Or Joan Rivers' daughter, Melissa Rivers. I don't know who that is. Of course you don't. Uh, <laughs> not an actress, to be fair. Yeah. Could go Lisa Kudrow. I'm trying to think of uh, somebody else. What about, um, I don't know her name, but Penny from The Big Bang Theory? Oh, um, I forget her name as well, but yeah. Yeah, you could do that. Yeah? That works, yeah. Okay. Because I think that she, she's never really had the time to sort of do another role mm-hmm. and stretch herself as, a, as an actress. Yeah, I'd like um, to see her try. And it, I think that she could do just a little bit, a little bit off. Yeah, she could do that quite well. And, you know, her whole plot line for the first few seasons of Big Bang, I don't know if they stuck with it as her wanting to be an actress. So, you know, there's mm-hmm. some consistency there. So. Uh, and somebody else who is a mute. A mute. Okay. Uh, Jodie Foster's played a mute before. she got good sort of visual acting. God, yeah. Again, we're get, making this film very expensive. But <laughs> Jodie, Foster, Jodie Foster is a TV show yeah, anyway. True, this TV show. Even more so, yeah. Uh, yeah. Guess it'll be a Netflix show. Mm-hmm. And finally, I've got somebody who can't recognise people by their faces. Oh, okay. I sometimes wonder if I have that. Um, <laughs> a very mild form of it, but uh, I'm yeah. terrible at recognising people I've met like three or four times. Um, it could be anyone really, couldn't it? Yeah, it doesn't really need to be anybody. Let's put Robert Downey Jr. in there. Okay, sure. Just for going expensive. Yeah, true. And he, he does <laughs> like to method, so... Yeah, yeah. Each episode, similar to Andrews in the Back, is based around one of these people and we get little bits of flashbacks we hear a bit of backstory but we mainly see the episode go around them and how they interact with everybody um i put a few doctors in there as well okay um now i've kept the receptionist who is stupid and will just let anybody into the hospital yeah i don't think he'd have reason. advanced very far career wise no nah. he's done a good job he's still employed there frankly so. yeah <laughs> um i'd also like to keep uh keep that as a duo where there's just the one guy who makes all the decisions which are really bad and then the other guy who says you're an idiot, okay. like all the time. Oh, yeah, the, the comedy duo, that's yeah. their whole thing. Yeah. Not that there's enough comedy in this already. No. And uh, for a bad guy, we're having a, uh, a Nurse Ratchet-esque character. Oh, okay. Who is always highly medicating people, so they're not much work, or trying to at least. Oh, so much like Adam Sandler does in my version, just trying to people <laughs> left, right, centre. Um, who would you cast that as? Oh, did, did you have any thoughts? Kate Blanchett, I was thinking. Oh, she'd be good. Mm. Yeah, she, she play, she'd play a good villain. She's got icy quality. Or Nicole Kidman. I feel like somebody Ooh, who's yeah. like icy and a little bit, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Mm, I can see that. Yeah. yeah. So, overarching plot is about Lucy. Okay. She is she is the main character. Good, she, as she should be. Yes. So we see it from her point of view every, uh, every time. We don't see the video every day, because obviously that's going to get a bit boring yeah. for us, because yeah. we remember. <laughs> <laughs> Catch up, Lucy. <clears throat> but she's constantly having these, well, not so much visions, but just these memory blasts of just a man with an egg-shaped head. Okay. And so that's where we see like a few of these bits of art. Oh, of come course, because she paints, doesn't she? Yeah. yeah, she paints him all the time. Which she makes her no like idea, a she has no stalker. idea. Well, yeah. maybe, yeah. yeah. Maybe somebody's hanging on to this one memory that they yeah. don't understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so she's painting this guy all the time, and she has no idea who it is, no idea why she's painting him. Mm-hmm. And she's painting him, drawing him, and then she wants to get other people involved. And so that's when she wants to see if it's just a thing with her or if other people are having this, because she doesn't, she doesn't really understand anything. Yeah. Because she's not seeing people that she recognises. She's not seeing her dad and her brother every single day like she was before. Oh, are they she, no longer visiting her? They they visit, but they don't visit every day. Okay. So she's got this video, but that doesn't really make any sense to her. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the same video as before. Adam Sandler's not 
in this video because okay. oh, of course because yeah. at this point she had erased him from her life yeah so it's a so, it's a, so it's a video that her and her dad and her brother made okay but they're not there okay and so she she just she's scared okay. all the time is Dan Aykroyd still in this as the doctor or is that kind of not important anymore oh I forgot he was in it yeah yeah sure okay he's gone <laughs> okay well like, yeah I'd completely forgotten so I hadn't prepared for that now one thing that uh, that is similar is that every morning she does still have breakfast as though it's a Sunday okay and the diner... Is she now morbidly obese? <laughs> <laughs> no, because she's not in the film. No. Okay. Uh, the person who's working in the diner is... I forget what her name was. Anne? Sue. Sue. Amy it. Hill's character. Yeah, yeah. yeah. From, from the diner back at home. I'm and glad so you she... chose to bring her back too. I felt like that character really warranted some extent. Yeah, definitely. And so she's come over because somebody had to go with her. Yeah. And she cho- and, and that, that's who Lucy chose. Because mm-hmm. she didn't want her dad and her brother to still be waiting hand and foot on her. That's the point of this. Mm-hmm. So she came over to still do what she was doing, do what she loves, but also to, you know, to be there, to just be somebody who is familiar. Mm-hmm. And so every morning she does still go and she ha- she has the same pancakes and stacks them up as much <laughs> as, as you hate it. <laughs> I'm cringing just thinking about that <laughs> scene, really. Um, at some point in this, we see her making her own little video. She's mm-hmm. still got a diary, by the way. Yeah, okay, good. Um, obviously without Adam Sandler in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and... Uh, I don't really have much of an idea. I've just got a few little bits of what this okay. TV show is. So there's not really much of an overarching plot that I've got. Um, her roommate, they sleep in, they sleep with twos. Her roommate is 10 Second Tom. Okay. 10 Second Tom is the first person who she recognises when she walks in the door as well. Because she's seen 10, 10 Second Tom before. I see. Because they went to go and meet him when she was having her condition explained. Oh, okay. Yeah. So she recognises 10 Second Tom. 10 Second Tom does not recognise her and introduces no. himself. And so throughout the first episode, we see him just introducing himself all the time mm-hmm. to to her and to other people. And he's in and out. He's not in every scene. So no, I feel like that's the kind of that, that wouldn't really sustain over done. a TV show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and yes, yeah, so she meets all these, she meets all these characters. She has a day of just, I don't know, just, just having a very big adventure. Her dad and her, her brother leave. It's very sad goodbye. He's all drawn to the end of the first episode. And she's still with 10 Second Tom. And then as they're just going to bed... 10 second Tom just says, Lucy, I'm scared. And then that's how the episode closes. Oh, okay. Oh, so you, what you're pitching to me is a pilot. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Oh, okay. Right. So then what happens after that is, could be anything. Right? Yeah, it could be anything. Okay, cool. A few little adventures, maybe. Yeah. Like she goes out and mm. gets lost and spends a night out and then mm. gets, has no idea what's going on. But I feel like the overarching plot is going to be something to do with Nurse Ratchets. Well, you know, the, the Nurse Ratchet character. So yeah, it's going to be about her. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's going to be sort of like a, a side, like maybe the plot of the season yeah but then of this whole series it will be about her trying to work out who the egg-headed man is okay i see and disappointingly it's adam sandler yeah, what a <laughs> i'm um, sensing were you also slightly inspired by legion then because this feels like there's some legion elements in this with the a little bit well, but I was, I was going more for orange is new black type thing okay but cool, yeah. just it's set in a hospital because yeah. that's what it is in and the it's film. episode no i like that so it's episodic and it's yeah. going to focus on a lot of the, maybe it jumps around it's not all about lucy yeah and it jumps around and covers all the other characters as well because i think you're right i think the idea of this like medical clinic mm-hmm. this super medical clinic um in the middle of hawaii with all these interesting characters i think there's definitely room for a tv show there yeah definitely okay. so that was uh 51st days oh god i forgot to mention she's admitted herself there for 50 days oh, okay <laughs> why, why is that just because for the title for episodes yeah, right? yeah okay entirely because i guess it doesn't really tell you how long he they're split they're separated does it yeah it doesn't and she doesn't say how long that she had put herself in there for yeah. like she puts herself in there for that for a whole life that doesn't mm-hmm. really make much sense well, she's never, not going to get better, unless she does. Well, maybe she thinks that she will, so maybe after yeah. 50 days, she'll see some improvement. Yeah, yeah, maybe 50 days is a trial. And I guess the only reason she comes out is because Adam Sandler blunders in and decides he wants her after all. Yeah. So which, however yeah. long she's decided to stay is immaterial. It's how long he waits until he decides he wants her back. So. Yeah. Selfish bastard. Okay, no, I like that. That's cool. Yeah, so, so it's, it's something. Yeah. Not my best idea, but it's there. No, I think there's definitely potential there. Again, we, we I think we have a bit of a pattern where... Mine is more detailed, but yours is actually something that would be sellable. More, more of a concept. Yeah, yours is a concept that could be sold. Yeah, to, that, that wouldn't horrify people. Or you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yours. It's difficult who yours are always targeted for. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just don't think that way. I yeah. just think purely. I can't tell. Okay, so um, exciting news this week. This week, for the first time ever, we mm. have a. Um, a guest suggestion because well, this is one of the things I like about this podcast. Is I'm hoping as we get more listeners, our listeners will 
contribute their own ideas for what they're for the sequels they would like to see. So, to so one day we're never actually. One day we don't do any work. No, yeah. we'll just read out these. But I like the idea of making this interactive. Yeah, definitely. And so I have a suggestion from Aaron from Media Realness, which is a really cool podcast that I listen to. It's a podcast. It's another pop culture podcast. Uh, they talk about film, TV, uh, nerd culture with a, a lot of perspective on um, representation and LGBT mm-hmm. community and issues in in the African American community as well. But it's so funny. They have great, it's two. It's a pair of them. They have really great chemistry. Mm-hmm. I laughed out loud several times. I listened to the episode. Yeah, I highly recommend it. Media Realness, give them a listen. They really, really funny podcast. So anyway, Aaron from Media Realness, uh-huh. he suggested. So he says my sequel would be called Fifty Last Dates. Oh, and it would be in which Adam Sandler's character. I love this idea so much. Adam <laughs> Sandler's character gets a terminal illness. And has <laughs> of course, to, you love this. <laughs> yeah, and has to make her fall in love with her, with him every day, then tell her he's dying, all in the space of twenty four hours. That's all he gave me. I was, I was like, that That's is great. That is amazing. So Aaron, thank you for that. You've set the bar very high for fan submissions. We appreciate mm. that a lot. And it took all my strength not to steal that. Yeah. Like when I got, I got that while I was still working out my own idea. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, that's so much better. So yeah, thank you for that, Aaron. Loved it. Great. And media realness. I'll be listening again. Really liked it. Yeah, I'll, I'll check them out. They sound cool. Cool. Yeah. Great. So uh, next week yeah, is it's your choice, my it? choice. And so I do have a film. It's definitely a step up quality rise. And I'm excited for this one because I feel like for me, I have two basic aims for this podcast. Yeah. One is, you know, fame and fortune, you know, as all podcasters do, you know, it's a really good shortcut to the stars. Yes. Um, and the second one is... Little rich. Oh yeah, absolutely. And the second one is to fill in some of the many, many gaps in your film knowledge that upset me on a daily basis. Oh, what are we having now? You say that. No, I think you'll enjoy this. I really do. So we're going to watch a film called Heathers. This, this is the film that my housemate recommended we watch, like... An hour ago. Really? Yeah. Fantastic. We're on the same wavelength once again. But yeah, because when Stranger Things, the first season came out, we both enjoyed it. And I was really excited. I was like, oh, Winona Ryder's back. And I was so excited to see Winona Ryder in an 80s TV show. Yeah. And your reaction was, who is Winona Ryder? And it was like a dagger in my heart. Yeah, but then you said mermaids. No, yeah, you, no, you, actually, no, you didn't. Somebody else said mermaids. said mermaids. Okay. And then I was like, oh yeah. And then you were like, oh, I haven't seen mermaids. Yeah, that's the one I haven't seen. <sighs> we'll do that one week then. Maybe that can one of yeah. But no, Heathers, it's a really cool, dark teen comedy. I uh-huh. really think you'll like it. Okay. And that is my, and I'm really looking forward to us doing that one. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, cool. sure, sure. That'll be good. I'm, I'm looking forward to watching it. Yeah, I think you'll like it. Yeah, great. Okay. Well, um, if any if any of you listeners have uh, have any ideas of what you think Fifty First Dates should yep. have been. Um, it pitches your sequels. It can be a prequel, a sequel, a remake, a reboot, a TV series a, now, apparently. A musical. Yeah, we, we, we do like a mu- Any kind of genre twist we like. You know? Yeah, make it a western. Yeah, we love a bit of recasting, obviously. Any, anything, that, that, as long as it's in some way related to Fifty First Dates, yeah. how would you make more of this if you wanted to? Let us know. You can let us know on our website. You can leave a comment underneath our Fifty First Dates article, which I will link to. Uh, at beyondtheboxset.com. You can tweet us at beyondtheboxset. On Facebook, search Beyond the Box Set, or email us at beyondtheboxset at gmail.com. If you have like a full idea that you want to yeah. flesh out in more than 140 yeah, characters. it can be a line, it can be an essay, we accept everything. And yeah, and we'll give you a shout out. Yeah. yeah. Let well, us know. Join us next week for... Heathers. Heathers. Yes. Can't say feathers. Not feathers, heathers. Yep. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right. Well, uh, that wraps it up for this week. Yep. Um, Thanks for listening. Yeah. Bye. <laughs>